Chapter One, Routine Shift (ER). It's two a.m. on a crisp November night, All Souls Day at Mercy ER. A routine night, other than for half a dozen adults grazing on stale Halloween candy. Jeff, our radio guy, already scarfed the chocolate. There were remnants of Milky Way smeared on his upper lip and on the front of his shirt. We all know Jeff and his love for chocolate. He's been stealing desserts from the break room for at least a year now. It's dead in here," blurted out Lindsay. "Shoot, now we're jinxed. Our newest staff member has a lot to learn. The last thing you say around an ER is 'It's dead in here.' It's been blissfully quiet so far. A couple of vehicle accidents with serious injuries stabilized." And ten people in wait for run-of-the-mill maladies. Let's see. Sore throat. Here's some lozenges. Finger cut with knife. No stitches. Just glue. Yep. Plain old super glue, just like you get at the store. You with the stomach cramps? You don't think the big gulp and the extra-large jalapeno pizza with cheesy sticks was a clue? Ha! <laughs> like I said, run-of-the-mill. Back to Lindsay. Not even the glare from me fazed her as I contemplate an explanation. When the silence is shattered with the voice of the EMT over siren noise. Full arrest, forty-seven-year-old female. He yells, "ETA five minutes." I grab the radio, sticky with chocolate, and recite routinely. What's the rhythm? How long has she been down? Any history? No response. What the heck are they doing? Most likely working on the patient, Linda. Lights from the ambulance flood the ER entrance. The sound is deafening. It's amazing how you never get used to it. Every run, every patient, every story is different. And no matter how routine the job seems to be, we all know this as we run to the entrance. The paramedics throw open the rear doors, pull the gurney out. And the wheels drop into position with a loud snap. We all roll the patient up the ramp while bagging and administering chest compressions. You have a name? I yell. We race through the entrance as the EMTs fill in the patient's specs. Doctor White is with us, as is Lindsay, but I can't help but notice a nurse I can't quite place. In the middle of this normal chaos, I'm mesmerized by this person. She's quick, precise, and moves effortlessly with a calm about her that's reassuring. I get the feeling we've worked together before, but I can't quite place her. I'm Grace, by the way. I'm subbing tonight, she says to me. Grace, I think to myself, what a perfect name for you. Linda, pay attention. I remind myself. No name. Vehicle was found by the side of Route Two East. No apparent accident, but patient was unconscious and covered with blood. OnStar called nine one one. When we arrived, she was tachycardic and hypotensive. Her combination of low blood pressure and slow pulse was as serious as you can get. We intubated, and approximately two hundred cc's of blood exited the airway. Patient was gagging up bile and stomach contents. No blood. She had a faint pulse, but lost it en route. IV fluids were running. We had a rhythm initially, 
but as we pulled in, she flatlined. We wheel Jane Doe to Trauma Bay 1 and we hook her up to monitors. Continue chest compressions, I bark. Lindsay, go find out from the EMTs if they found a purse, wallet, or any ID. Dr. White, any pulse? The first-year resident checks and shakes his head. He's cute. He's young. Aren't they all? No pulse. She remained asystolic, her hair soaked in bile and blood. We again continue CPR, bagging, and fluids. No response. It's been 30 minutes since she went asystolic. Grace, help me clean her up. I need to see her eyes. Grace gently wipes the hair back from her face. I check her eyes. They appear bloodshot, her face swollen and skin mottled. 